Yes, so my, my little uh, changes is just I try to leave the, the shoots out of there because as far as I understand it, these shoots don't exist in the original Pali. It's not a what one should, what should be done is basically the conduct of somebody who has attained wisdom. And so there are no shoulds in there, it's basically is a behavioral pattern of somebody who has understood something already. So it's a natural outcome of, of understanding. Uh, it's also an aspiration for everybody who is not there, obviously, but if we leave the shoulds out of it, then uh, it doesn't become so dogmatic just becomes becomes an, an inspiration and aspiration. So I find that personally I find that more inspiring. Otherwise it's for me too much like like the commandments again. Like it's uh, you have to do that otherwise be careful. Huh? So this is uh, leading to, to wholesome mind states actually that sort of behavior. Nothing more than that. Um, the the difference basically I see when I uh, when I listen to Acham Brahm's talks is Acham Brahm is very um, inspirational in in a sense for me that he um, he gives us all these all these aspirational clues for the past, but actually once we try to to really put that into practice to to really uh, not just have a new religion and believe in something and pray to something or whatnot and we, we try to, to put that kindness he's talking about and the and the meditation into practice we uh, come to this conclude we have usually we come to the conclusion it's a lot more difficult and um, also not so sometimes not so as straightforward as it as it sounds sometimes huh? the practice and just being kind to everybody how long do you manage to be kind to everybody in your daily life i mean even for me in the monastery when uh, people are on their best behavior usually it's not always possible to be super kind we have a body that is um, sometimes tired, sometimes painful. We have different mind states uh, every day. Sometimes we wake up in a, in a better mood and sometimes in, in not such a good mood. So the, um, I, I, I like to, to, to bring it to that, that um, point where we really um, where I can just describe the only thing I can give you how I try to deal in my own practice with those things and if that is uh, right or wrong for you uh, you have to, to um, try yourself actually if you can um, do anything with what I say or not but for me the, the worst thing is people just take something up again if it's because a monk said it or they read it somewhere from somebody else or even in the suttas and just doing it and I don't see the positive outcome you know? 
I, I know people who are Buddhists for many, many years and they don't seem to get happier and they don't seem to get more peaceful. So is there something wrong with the teaching or is there something wrong with our approach to the teaching? And I mean, the for me, the most inspiring aspect of, of the Buddhist practice was that the Buddha uh, encouraged me to inquire. I mean, if that that uh, awakening, that uh, becoming less burdened, that the mind, do, if the mind doesn't become happier, then we're missing the past. It's an ex, it's an experience. It's not a new belief. It's not just we believe our whole life in the Buddha and then we're going to go to heaven. Or now I'm going to be a Buddhist member of the Buddhist society and I took refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha. And uh, that guarantees me, uh, guarantees me a place in heaven and, and a good death or whatnot. It just doesn't work like that. I mean, these these things can be can be inspiring and can, uh, if we use them skillfully, they can bring up wholesome mind states. But our practice is day to day, minute to minute to minute, and it's basically the, our mind states: what's going on in our mind, what's going on in our thoughts, what are our attitudes to our daily lives, how far are we really in that direction. Uh, how often can we do that, that we um, uh, cherish all living beings? Huh? How often do we really uh, wish well to, to one another? Huh? And I mean, in day-to-day -day life, I said that before, it's almost impossible to be constantly in that mindset because we still have these um, this wishes, these wants and not wants. And if they get the ones get what they don't want and the don't ones get what they <laughs> what they uh, what they do not want then uh, we're gonna get angry or we get frustrated and uh, that is a, is, a, is a natural there's nothing wrong with that it's not that that I have the feeling I'm doing something wrong but this this dwelling in these things, this encouraging of negative mind states, this encouragement of, of criticism, of this addictiveness to, to news. I mean, I, I, uh, I had access to, to news, still have access to news if I want to, and I have to be so careful because it's, for my mind personally, it's poison. It's basically we the world seems to really enjoy hearing one catastrophe after the other, one war after the other, and they are the headlines. Huh? There is nothing in the news where they say, actually, this good thing happened and that good thing happened. That doesn't seem to be interesting to people. So we have to be very careful what we take in each and every day. Just from my own experience in my own mind, uh, it gets negative, and it's so easy to get in, in, in this negative mind state, in this getting these pessimistic attitudes towards the world. I mean, with the ongoing conflicts, uh, Ukraine and now basically the Palestinians and Israelis are on it again, and climate change and whatnot, and if we buy into that, as, as that is what life is, we completely 
misread the message of karma, for example. We are very, very lucky. A lot of us, most of us hopefully here, at least in that video conference, that we uh, live in, a, in very safe circumstances. And that is something um, we can appreciate. We, can, uh, we have worked hard for that probably in our past lives, basically, to where, where we are now. Huh? We have the opportunity to sit down and we're not, uh, we don't have to be afraid that a, a, a bomb is going to go off next to us or whatnot, or some idiots with guns are going to run in and, and uh, try to harm us. So, in, in, but usually the mind, instead of appreciation what we have, the mind goes into, into that, what is presented out there as the world. This is the world. And that is worldly thinking. That is what the Buddha is talking about. The world is not the world. The, the world is perception. And the world is filtered through our perception. So our perception decides how we experience that world. And that is how we can change the world as well, not outside there. That's only a tiny aspect of it. But the way we perceive the world is changed in our minds through being very clear what goes into that mind, what the mind ponders about, what it reflects about, what it encourages. And so every time you, uh, you do a meditation or you uh, talk to people who have a little bit of a different perspective than just... Um, in encouraging you to um, believe in this in this worldly business, telling you what the world is, uh, the Buddha tells you the the world is that actually how your mind perceives the world. Huh? That is the world, and I mean sometimes we see it more clearly, and when we're in a super good mood, the world doesn't seem as 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 dark. And when we're in, in a bad mood, uh, it seems to be all true. It's all hopeless and we're going to die anyway. <laughs> so uh, we have to be careful that um, the, the, the uh, medium we're operating in is, is our own mind. Huh? And it's not, it's not the, uh, the few minutes of meditation that we do, or maybe you do uh, even a lot of meditation, but then it's not just... Uh, trying to be still, or what was this the attitude? How do we go into the meditation? How to be? How do we deal in our daily lives with things that are a little bit more unpleasant? How much uh, kindness do we really manage to bring into into the world? Huh? Or we? I had a discussion today with a friend, and there was. There, there is a difference if I go out there and look already for people who do something wrong and encourage me in, in that view that's basically, oh, I knew that that um, that guy or that girl is an idiot, basically. We try to... Um, we try to make that more solid in our mind, the view that we bring into a situation already. Huh? If we're angry, it's very pleasant to talk with somebody who is also angry about the same thing. 
Huh? Because it, 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 it gives, gives us justification in our own minds for that. And it can be really unpleasant than having somebody who's just not uh, buying into what we're saying in that moment. We love people to reflect our own views. So um, to, to even have a perspective on what is, what is unwholesome and what is unwholesome, to see how unpleasant it is if somebody is angry. If you have a really angry person around you, and you are in a, in a, in a relatively peaceful mood, it's it's so. It's it's just you. You want to draw away. Huh? You just want to want want to get away from that. It's 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 really really unpleasant. And then I try to reflect. Wow, when I have that mind state, I hope I'm not going to put that on other people. Because huh? I had that discussion. That it seems to be so common now in the world that people. They have to share every bullshit that is going coming into their minds. Actually, every sort of negativity, any any um, any uh, thoughts that they should really reflect themselves on. Is that is that good to put that out there in the world, and especially over the internet and whatnot, when you can stay anonymous? And they can they can get so devious with their little things because they don't have to justify what they're doing and they don't see the consequences of what they're doing. But we're creating our world, our perception, moment by moment by moment, in our own minds. So it's it's very good to be um, circumspect of what is going on in that mind. What sort of thoughts are coming into that mind? What sort of beliefs do I encourage in that mind? How do I deal with my own mind? How do I deal with other minds? How do I deal with the meditation when I sit down? Do I enjoy the meditation or is that a chore for me? So just this, uh, I encourage you become brave in, in being honest with yourself. We don't aspire just to be somewhere else, being uh, the awakened one or whatnot. The most important thing is, first of all, where is my mind at? And what it, on, on what way is my mind right now? And having clarity as quickly as you can. When it goes into, into negativity, to anger, having clarity, oh, that is, that is the way I know already. It just gets darker in that direction. We're all old enough, basically. We know our thought patterns. We know that there is no solution in, on an intellectual level in any direction. There can never be a satisfying answer to anything. The solution is basically the lifting up of, of our hearts, of our, of our minds, of our perception. The perception doesn't get so affected so much by things outside the more we have lightness in our own mind. Huh? And the happier we are in our own minds, the less also the last part, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. How is that freeing of sense desire possible? It's not by not wanting. 
It's not by all the Buddha said, basically, sens sensual desires that is, uh, that is leading to suffering. Huh? Yeah, it's good to keep that in mind, basically. If you, if you blindly believe that just enough sensual pleasures and you're going to be happy, then uh, you're in that deluded state that many people in the world still are. You know, they just think they're doing something wrong still. Just haven't got the right girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband or the right children or the right car, the right house, paid off the mortgage. Uh, it's all this, this little excuses, but if you think one step further, it's always what is then? What's then? And then I have the wife, and then I have the house, and then, and then I'm going to be happy. No, sensual pleasure just doesn't work that way. Sensual pleasure just doesn't sit back and say, oh, thank you, now I'm satisfied. Sensual pleasure in itself is a hungry, is a, is a hungry thing. It's a minus, that, like a vacuum that, that sucks, sucks on things. And that is good to keep in mind, but to, to now I'm going to fight sensual pleasure and then bringing up negativity towards it or whatnot is also so stupid. Huh? The Buddha advises us to make the mind lighter and lighter and lighter. The more happiness the mind has in itself, the less it's going to crave sensual pleasures. I mean, in, in war zones, for example, you have, you think, oh, in so much misery, how can put people, children into that world? Because if you look at it, in these crisis situations, most of the children are produced. You think, how is that possible? Because if there is so much suffering, the pleasure of sex is an alleviation of that suffering. So basically, the more war, the more screwing around, the more children afterwards. Yeah, and that is how the mind works. We cannot decide, oh mind, you don't need pleasure anymore. The mind will crave pleasure. That's the nature of the mind. We want the nice things, don't want the ugly things. Whatever we perceive as, as, as nice or or ugly. Huh? And then having that perspective, it's the thoughts. Having, having thoughts of goodwill, of generosity, of compassion, if you f get a feel into that. Huh? It's not just words. It's, uh, if you do something for or starting with somebody we, we like or love and doing something for them, just seeing that we made them happy. That is such a gratifying thing. It's just some, such an uplifting thing. And you can see how the mind gets calm and has some happiness in itself already. And that's why the Buddha always starts with generosity. And it's not our give, give, and then you go to heaven. It's the joy. Just see the see the beauty in the act of giving. And sometimes it's just, if sometimes gives aggression and you don't need to give aggression back, you have a better mood to offer in that situation. What a, what a beautiful example. Somebody cuts you off on the freeway, basically, and you just see the suffering. 
that poor guy or that poor girl in being in so much hurry, taking themselves so important, that mindset of sitting behind the wheel and everybody else is your enemy on the road. What a terrible mind state. And instead of getting angry with that person, if we contemplate in the, in the correct way, is we, we can develop compassion. We see the suffering in that. I mean, this goodwill, spreading, spreading kindness over the entire world. How impossible does it seem to be? With so many assholes there. <laughs> and I mean, that is how we perceive the world, isn't it? Isn't that correct? I mean, this is a nice guy and that is a, is a, is a, is a, is a crappy guy and a nice girl and, and, and a stupid girl, a bitch or whatnot. That's how our mind work. That's, that's, that's how we see the world, this dualistic thing. And if, the, if there was never that moment in the meditation where at least that possibility is felt, that in reality, under a Buddhist perspective, we're in this, in this cycle of birth and death and birth and death have been all sorts of people already and gods and, and animals and I don't know what. And it just goes around and around and there is nobody to decide in that, in that process. If we were to decide, if there was somebody, we would all be awakened already. We would all decide no more suffering and out of it. Huh? But it's a conditioned process. So that, that, that thing that to say actually, oh, this is a hateful person, that is a loving person. It's just like we don't, we, we forget that bigger picture basically, that even in, in their worst state in that moment is still a being that craves happiness and wants to avoid suffering. It's just so much ignorance or delusion there right now that it causes a lot of suffering for, for him or herself and other people. And just reflections like, like that, when, when the mind comes up with anger towards a person, can get you in a different perspective and in a different mind state. And that is that the day-to-day -day struggle we all have to deal with, dealing with, with people and difficult situations, our own body, and sicknesses and stuff like that. But there is also where we can see where we are in our practice. Huh? And sometimes it feels, wow, I haven't even started. And sometimes it feels like, oh yeah, I caught that, I caught that very early, actually. And even I got angry for a few minutes, but then I don't have to justify my anger. I see anger as suffering. I don't need people to encourage me. Yeah, anger is a good thing. You have to use your elbows here and whatnot. Sometimes anger is what happened in that situation, but I don't need to justify it. I know it is a defilement. It is leading into dark spots. I don't want to encourage that in my mind because I know more beautiful states of the mind. And I know without those, those beautiful states we cannot let go of stuff. If we don't have happiness in our own minds, we're going to crave more. Huh? 
the more unhappy we are, the more sensual pleasures we try to squeeze out of the outside world. That's just the way it is. So our, our job is delighting, keeping five precepts is a great delight already, you know. Beautiful thing, being a harmless, a guileless person, knowing that nobody has to fear us, that we can feel trustworthy, that we're going to attract friends, basically, more and more, that are going to be trustworthy. And friends that um, don't... Um, we don't need friends that en en encourage us to... Uh, to be more angry. There's a lot of that outside. It's hard to find people to, to encourage us actually to, to, to see what we can do with our own minds to go beyond that, go into states that are more blissful. And so I hope that you do that each and every time in your meditation at least, because that is the aspirational time, the private time that we can use to really get closer to those states where we can have loving kindness. Huh? One of the metta, one of the Brahma Viharas of this, this um, four noble um, mind states which are basically very present in the higher realms. Huh? Just uh, compassion and loving kindness and sympathetic joy and um, getting, getting one of those states right in the meditation, we get a, we get a feel for it. If, it's, if you like to work with compassion, you can do contemplation in that direction. Huh? And just that we're all in this together. Huh? We're all suffering. We're all afraid of death. We all want that uh, what we like to remain with us and that what we don't like to stay away from us. So we have a lot, have a lot in common and on, on that basis uh, we, there, there's something that can spread out and share. And then sometimes it can, 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 can just fill up with compassion and love and that is, it's a feeling. Huh? It's not a light in the sky, it's an overwhelming feeling of openness and especially that feeling of, I don't need anything else right now, isn't that beautiful? I'm exactly here and now in the moment where I want to be. How often do we have that? That we sit down and it's basically just enough being with ourselves, sitting down. And it's not another mind you should be there. If we're not there, we do something nice for the mind, basically. Like I said before, don't, don't try to renounce your sensual pleasures and or whatnot. No, we, we, we use the little sensual pleasures as skillfully as we can be because we know that we're all addicted, we're all addicts. But we, if, we, if we watch, then we see the happier I am, the less I need. And then we get a little bit of the taste of how do I, how do I get a, a lighter mind, a happier mind, a more content mind. And that should be the aim in the meditation always. Eh? Stillness is just an effect of that. Stillness is the, is the effect that the moment is pleasant enough 
that we can't think. We don't want to think because thinking is future or past or comments about something that seemed to happen in the present but when we comment on it, it's in the past already. If we're really in the present moment, in that experience of the present moments is so fast. There's so much going on if we pay attention. Every comment, basically, trying to discern something in that is, is, a, is, a, is a thing, an anchor in the past. Really present moment awareness is in silence of the mind. Otherwise it can't be present moment awareness. And that can only happen because the mind is interested and delights in that. It can never be forced in that direction. Everybody who tries to force the mind in a direction like that can break the mind maybe for a short moment that it doesn't know where to go anymore in thought, with the back to the wall and it has to give up. Because, I mean, some, some um, practitioners in the monastery did things like that. Huh? Just not sleeping and meditating, meditating, no sensual pleasures whatsoever, giving that up, giving that up. And sooner or later you feel that, and if you do that sort of stuff in the monastery, it, it constricts you. It's just you, you feel desire. Every sort of desire becomes incredibly important. Food becomes incredibly important. Uh, sex becomes more important than ever before, basically. And just stuff that was never attractive before becomes attractive. And that is just the misery of trying to bind the mind in, into that constricted space without sensual desires. And I've tried it myself and I've seen enough monks doing that stuff and is not helping. It doesn't get into deep meditation. And when meditation happens because the mind gives up, usually what comes up is fear. Then huh? even if there's a little bit of bliss in the moment, then comes fear. And why? Because the mind was treated in a very shabby way. We have an inner monologue going on the whole time. And that inner monologue has a certain tone to it. And there's a certain attitude in the way we deal with ourselves and others. And if that we, we get, a, get a feel for that attitude when the meditation takes off a little bit. And then doubts come up because we don't trust ourselves. Do I really mean well? Do I really mean well with myself and others? Is that true? And then a lot of examples come up that where it wasn't true. So there is a is a is such an important thing that we become, that we get confidence in our own aspiration of being a being a kind person. Obviously to others, but it's, we, we never, uh, it's so important with ourselves especially, in our own minds. Huh? To not uh, uh, criticize the mind because it's, it's restless or it's, it's depressed or it's, we just add to the suffering. We do try to do something nice then for the mind. What is wrong? What is going on, mind? What can I do for you? 
How can I help? And that's, that's such a different attitude than just another um, fight of f fighting the uh, sensual desires, fighting for being a good Buddhist or whatnot. This uh, is this becoming a good friend to yourself, Become, becoming somebody where you know we we're doing our best here. If we if we were any wiser, basically, we wouldn't experience that suffering. That it's just stuff going on. But we don't need to blame ourselves for anything. And that helps obviously if we have contemplated this non-self aspect a few times. We see how much out of control the business is. Huh? We have contemplated a little bit that the other people sit in the same situation. They just if they were, if they were wiser, actually, they wouldn't react so angry. They wouldn't react so uh, selfish, so greedy, so um, inconsiderately. And that is because of suffering. It's not. It's not because there are the bad ones and we are the good ones. It's basically this stupidity, this delusion, not seeing what is leading to more suffering, what is leading to more happiness. And giving the mind this little bit of food with that generosity to yourself, to others. And not, I'm not talking about supporting the monastery. I don't want your money. <laughs> I'm talking about these this moments where you consciously bring that energy into the room that it doesn't matter what, what the others add there. You give something nice into that situation. You're not looking, oh, what is, what is their state of mind, basically, or oh, angry again, wherever I knew it. You basically have something positive there already on offer. So you give that person a chance, changing their vibes, because your vibes are going to be nicer. They're going to be more attractive. It's always somebody kind and, and, and calm is always so much more attractive than somebody agitated and angry. So you, 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 your generosity in that moment is basically giving people a chance to become calmer, to, to let go of their anger. Huh? Not wanting them to, but just giving them a chance by being steady in your own kindness in that moment. Huh? It doesn't even mean that you have to be so super... Uh, empathetic to what the other person is going through. You offer something that is more attractive. It doesn't help if you are suffering as badly as the other person. But if you, if you have a stable point there actually that is uh, attractive for somebody who is in suffering, that is a lot um, worse, a lot. And that is generosity as well. And that also has beautiful karmic outcomes, basically. People, people feel that. Huh? And instead of encouraging them in anger, they get encouraged in, in, in something nice. And then they can take that to their family, or they take that to the next person. Or they maybe remember just a few years later and stay a miserable, angry person for a long time afterwards. 
That has nothing to do with our practice. Our practice is just concerned with what are my intentions here in that moment. How awake am I in that moment? What am I putting into that moment? How am I perceiving that moment? Is there a possibility of um, making that better in that moment? And that with kindness to oneself and not just uh, criticizing the mind that we're still so stupid. Huh? Becoming a, a friend to the mind and I hope you, whenever you meditate, you just go in that direction. That you start your meditation in that way, not wanting to achieve something. Just, mind, we have a look. Where are we at? How many minutes can we deal with each other? And half an hour for people who start is a long time. Five minutes, I think for some people, three minutes. How mind just, we, we sit back for three minutes and just enjoy ourselves and we don't have to worry about anything. Three minutes. And then sometimes it's surprising because the mind gets interested and it's pleasant from the beginning and the three minutes become ten minutes or twenty minutes, half an hour or longer. But that is because we, we started in a, in a different way. We didn't start off, oh, that is my meditation session, now I have to sit down, uh, may I be happy, may other people be happy. Uh, no, no thoughts in the future, no thoughts in the past. And we have done it all a thousand times, and it's just boring. And it's just, and it feels uh, like a habit. There's, there's no active kindness and no interest. So sometimes we um, need to freshen things up a little bit. Right? Maybe we do a little bit of contemplation in the beginning, and we see if the, the mind doesn't get in the right mind state. What do you like to think about mind? What is important for you right now? And then we do some contemplation. Change it up. It's not that we have to dictate each and every time where the mind is going. Sounds wonderful, Andrian. Would you like to lead us into a meditation? Yes, now? exactly. So please keep, keep, that in, keep that in mind when we start the meditation now. Where am I at? And if it's not so pleasant, try that being being kind, because you're not in control of the mind. Just this, add that little bit of kindness. Make an, a conscious effort. Gonna try to meditate then until almost a quarter past eight. So just easing into the into the body, relaxing the body. With a relaxed body, we have a chance to relax the mind. I hope you're comfortable as much as you can. Position doesn't mean anything, just that you can breathe comfortably and then you don't have to hold your shoulders up. Your face muscles are relaxed. And just the breath can go in all the way in and all the way out of no restrictions. And just relaxing into the body first, being feeling, feeling that body we stick in the whole time anyway. Just from the very beginning, not just 
looking for what is going wrong in the body. It's just like wishing, wishing well to the body. May you be comfortable body, may you be comfortable mind. The more comfortable we are, the closer look we can take what is going on. doesn't have to be anything special. Just if the, if the body is just breathing by itself without our effort and we can watch, that is so beautiful already. Just the, the body does its business. And we don't have to achieve or do anything. We're just trying to become more aware how much is going on in each and every second. So much experience. That kindness is just this attitude in the background that even if it doesn't feel immediately comfortable, it's this, this patience, that interest doesn't have to be perfect immediately. Just wishing well on that journey of calmness, calm or calm or no pressure anymore, nothing to figure out. No success, no failure, no good or bad, just this attitude in the background of meaning well.
wherever the perception is most comfortable. Likes to stay close to the breath or likes to wander around in the body still. We become aware of sound and then there's still sight even behind closed eyes, thought coming up again. Then it goes to the belly or the big toe actually, it's amazing the amount of input we have to deal with the whole time. <laughs> So it can be nice if we give the breath a little bit of kindness. It just feels so secure. Breathing goes in and out. You know the body is doing its thing. Call it a beautiful anchor. The perception doesn't really know where to go. Sort of somebody is doubting in the background. The breath is always there for you. The reptilian brain is there for you. It's gonna do the breathing. Don't really have to do anything.
if the thoughts slow down a little bit, can, there is joy in that already. A lot of the problems disappear once the thoughts are settling down. The trouble exists in this thought process. There's already happiness and a little bit of calmness. If we look, just this taste of a little bit of freedom.
So I'm going to ring the bell three times and then we can end the meditation for tonight. So, was it as good for was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> good, good. I mean, it's such a such a difference when we when we manage to to keep a, a nice attitude. And just this, this, this friendliness and interest in the beginning, it is just does change the experience, even sometimes when it's not so pleasant in the body for this or that reason, is just this, 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 this well-wishing with oneself, it just makes everything lighter already. And it's this, this, just having the feeling I did my very best to make it as, as, as nice as possible for my own mind. And that is what I, what I mean with being a good friend to yourself. And just this trust in one's, in one's uh, well-wishing for oneself and others. And just we want to learn, we want to... It's, the mind is... is, is we want to suffer less. We all want to suffer less. So, the uh, it's, it's just something that is still not seen as nobody's fault, and can only be seen if that is it's it's calm. It's in calmness. Yeah? It's not an intellectual thing. It's basically with the body first, opening up the body, and becomes lighter and lighter and. What Ajahn Brahm calls the beautiful breath, it feels sometimes like you haven't breathed in years. When you when you reach that point where it's just like breathing in and breathing out, and you think, how is that possible? How can that be so beautiful afterwards? How can I be need so much? And when the, the breath itself is just like, and you see that you don't have to do anything for that. It's when the mind really comes to that point where it doesn't fiddle around with the breath anymore, where it's really just the reptilian brain doing the job. It goes in and out exactly enough, exactly out enough, and it's just effortless. And this effortless is this, there is this 
not not being conditioned behind it because we didn't have to do anything for that. It was there for free already. And just getting getting little tastes of that. I don't know if you have experienced that or even like I said in the beginning of the meditation when the mind calms down maybe just a little bit. And if you if we instead of looking for oh but we want complete silence or we want this or that and just seeing the what a relief that is already when the mind slows down a little bit. When we don't have to worry about future past, it just a little bit comes more to the present, to the present, and just gets this feeling that it doesn't need to be active. And there's also so much kindness behind that already. It's like basically cuddling up with your favorite pet or your uh, with, with, with a lover or whatnot, it's just being so comfortable with yourself, you're just like dozing, dozing off together. Huh? You're so comfortable that the, there's something in the mind that, or, that almost wants to go asleep because it was so exhausting already the whole time. So that is uh, as good as I can, the direction I can, and I can describe it for you, basically. And I, and, and I hope you get a little bit of that, of that feeling, and it's not just struggle for you or with the meditation and some chore. You know? Of course there is, there is real beauty, beauty in that direction, as, as there is real happiness there. But if we can lower our expectations and just see the little things that fall away, not just when the, the, the rough future and past falls away, how much anxiety already falls away in that moment when we just, for these few minutes, we don't have to figure out anything. We don't have to be anything. There's so much beauty in that already. And that's sometimes enough encouragement that the mind gets interested. Wow, yeah, that's nice. And that's where the, the little sugar comes in and when, and when the when the direction becomes a little bit clearer, because it's not gaining stuff, it's basically really stuff falling away, suffering falling away, and we were not aware that we were carrying that around with us the whole time. And then we ask ourselves, why do we always do that again, you know? So much, have to be so much, have to be so perfect, so much responsibility in it all allowed to fall away was such a kind, a kind act behind that. Treating oneself so nicely, not to, not, uh, yeah, being the perfect loser. <laughs> being, the, being the great loser. I love that thing from Acham Brahm, basically. He told, told us, you, I want you all to become complete losers. <laughs> Where in the world do you get encouraged to do something like that? <laughs> and I think there's a, such a kindness behind that, you know? It's like a, like a child that doesn't have to perform or whatnot. It just gets loved unconditionally. The voice there, it's not our responsibility anyway. Cannot do anything about that old karma that is coming up. But not adding to that. 
not having to add to that new suffering. And that reduces, reduces, and sooner or later we get a confidence into that, into that we really mean well with ourselves, and that is when the meditation becomes more trusting. Yes, there's, there's beauty there. So, is there, are there questions on your end? Yes, we do have one question in the chat, and I'd like to invite anyone else who would like to uh, unmute and ask a question to please do so. So, if you're okay, Arjan, could I read the question in the chat for please, you? Please, do so. Good evening. I would like Arjan to give a description on how he first experienced what being in the present moment felt like. And did it only happen in meditation? Well, the question for me is how honest am I supposed to be now, basically, in front of the camera with so many people? And, well, I just don't give a damn, I guess. The first time the, that, I mean, I meditated, I, like, I, like you said, with 19, I was the first time in the monastery already in Thailand. But that was just a lot of suffering. I associated meditation with suffering. Sitting on uncomfortable ground, my meniscus was shot. I had pain after five minutes and sitting there for hours each and every day and bell at 3 o'clock and 3.30 morning meditation and chanting and crappy food and it was just suffering, suffering, suffering. So my experience with that, uh, which are f is so dangerous because the mind just doesn't want to do it after a while anymore. I was just lucky that I had different experiences and one of my strongest experiences my first really strong experience of what letting go is was, and I don't want you to do the same basically because it's dangerous business, but that was on LSD. It was just so powerful, you either go crazy or the mind lets go. And luckily enough, my Sila seemed to have been, or so my virtue was good enough. I had some trust in that, in that kindness, because for me that was like dying, like people describe dying. There's not, no certainty there anymore. Huh? All the character, what we think, oh, I know myself and whatnot. This is just completely not sure anymore. That doesn't exist anymore. It's, everything seems to be possible. Heavens and hells and whatnot. And that kindness was for me that, that golden string that I call that guilelessness. This, this very strong belief that I don't mean ill to, for, to any creature for a long time. That was good enough. And with that power of that drug, it was just like a boom. That was first time beautiful breath. And in the beautiful breath, there was a... a, a uh, it was not really thoughts anymore, but there's sort of an 
of a knowledge that that basically thought had the knowledge wow it cannot get better than that and it just dwelled in that just breathing in and breathing out and just how can that be so beautiful and then basically it, being completely content in that not looking for anything and not even possible to look for anything else anymore then that fell away and more bliss and then it's basically the, the mind thought it was stable already and then still there was this tiny little bit of, of thought and doubt in the background and that also fell away and everything was just like I always try to describe it it was not something coming and coming and coming it was this burden that was dropping away and away and away and you couldn't believe that beauty and happiness was there the whole time so that was the, the first time that I at the experience of what people mean when they talk about letting go and it is an experience and if you haven't experienced it you don't understand what people mean by that and that was why I was so drawn to Ajahn Brahm because Ajahn Brahm for me was the first monk I could understand in English who knew for me what he was talking about he described exactly that effortlessness this 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 complete not manipulating huh? yeah losing 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 that's exactly how it felt and I thought wow as somebody who experience and he teaches like that because you need that kindness for that as well you know? there is no there cannot be that harshness of practice there has to be that that lovingness towards you because it's very very scary otherwise it's completely something that we haven't experienced before so it feels a little bit like like dying and that's why the Buddha encourages us for having good precepts basically and just being trustworthy and harmless beings because that means we, we have the trust in ourselves that we are harmless beings that is the kindness that we need to get in, into deep meditation and then I just said that in my meditation basically this experience is because I mean a long time nothing happened afterwards because the mind already thought it knows where to go and that is basically exactly the, the, um, the problem huh? even if you had good meditation once then everything that comes afterwards is just like oh now I know that already well, it can get better basically it becomes this is discontentment there huh? until you have done that long enough and, and you just go moment of moment of moment of contentness and you just you have to really mean it and that is the trouble you cannot tell yourself to do it as to something has to click again in the mind and say this is just discontentment mind you why do you put that pressure onto yourself that you have to be something it has, has to meditation has to be a certain way that is exactly the opposite of the beautiful meditation the, it was so beautiful because it was unconditioned that that beauty was was not conditioned by, by outside circumstances it was for free without doing and that was the beauty of it that was what really inflamed it that it felt so safe because it if you're just with the mind if you I mean usually we worry about the body 
but the, the body is gone already. So you're just with the mind. You know already there is mind without body. You don't worry about the body anymore. So, and then basically you see the the own beauty possibility of beauty of your own mind. What are you supposed to be scared of? There is nothing else there. It's only that mind. And that is just like overwhelming because it's uh, it feels it's just safe. You know if the, the beautiful mind is safe, it's just not conditioned because whatever comes, it's welcome. If the devil sits on your on your knee, he's welcome, basically. It's your attitude that is the is the the point in that whole business. And if your attitude is all open and embracing and not holding on to anything, it's just there's nothing there that is not welcome. And that is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful um, state. And it encourages you to, to and you get an idea of the direction, but not the special um, experiences. It's basically just this looking very closely how much falls away and how much lighter does it become already. And then, wow, and if it really feels a little bit lighter, the mind is happy there. And then become, we can become content with just that, that is enough, wow, nice. Especially if we suffered before, you know, if we suffered about our own thoughts before. And that little bit falls away and there's beauty there already and that is the direction. Things falling away and just don't carry them around with us anymore. So, um, don't take LSD just to get an experience. I know quite a few people who really had very bad experiences on that as well. It doesn't give the, a nice direction in general. It just gives you heaps and heaps of energy and it can tell you, uh, can take you really into, into craziness, that stuff as well. So my deepest uh, respect and non-encouragement to go my way. But it's just that how it, how it happened to me and I just wanted to be honest with you tonight, actually. Okay? Well, thank you, Ajahn. It's mm -hmm. been a beautiful evening and uh, many thoughts to be shared and um, and listen to later on the podcast. Okay. Uh, Hopefully I didn't talk myself into trouble now. <laughs> 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 yeah. The rebel monk. I'm not a rebel. I'm not a rebel. I don't think so. I don't want to be the rebel. That's basically, I think that is because we have to practice in the day-to-day -day business, don't we? We, we cannot... do, and you're wonderfully who you are, and uh, you're very open to share that, uh, John, and that is really, I think, what is being said there. Yeah, that's all I can do, sorry, you know, I cannot, I cannot teach any other way, otherwise you can just read a book, or what, can I just share my experiences with you and how I do things, and if that's helpful, I hope for some of you, and if it's not helpful, you just, you do it your way, you know, you find your own way. Whatever is, brings good mind states up in your mind is important, not what I tell you. Huh? So just watch your own minds and be kind. 
And I wish you all a beautiful evening. Sleep well. And all the best. Till next time. See you next time, Ajahn. And thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Ajahn. Yeah, everyone, thank you. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Ajahn. Good night, all. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>